Welcome to the Behavior Grooves Podcast. My name is Kurt Nelson. And I'm Tim Houlihan. And welcome to our grooving session where Kurt and I get to explore the magic of goals. Dun, dun, dun. Heavy organ music. (laughs) Yes, Tim, we get to explore the magic of goals in this episode. But before... Before we, we, we do that, we have a special offer for our listeners. We do? Yes. Would you like to be a guest featured on a future Behavioral Grooves podcast where you get to ask Tim or myself three questions? We're, we're doing this? Yes, we are <laughs> going to do this. So, Tim, we will randomly select a winner from the people who post this episode out to their favorite social media account and tag us with the hashtag, I want to be your special guest. Okay, so all listeners have to do is post this episode out on Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn, right? And and they're going to let us know that they did it by using the hashtag, I want to be your special guest. Yes. Is that it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> now, you, you might want to add in behavioral groove somewhere in oh, there yeah, yeah, just yeah. so we know it. But otherwise, hashtag, I, I want, want to, to be your special guest. guest. And if you misspell special, well, too bad. You're not, you're not eligible. <laughs> so Sounds like fun. <laughs> it will be. Who would not want to have five minutes of glory by being on this wonderful podcast? It's only five minutes? Well, I don't know. How long can we do? Three questions? Three questions. <laughs> Man, boom, boom, boom. We're fast. Okay. Right. I, I think it'll be fun. It'll, yes. And, well, and hopefully so. people will find it fun. We'll see. How, how well this takes off. <laughs> yes. Who knows? Yes. All right. Um, so with that, Tim, we're going to talk about the magic of goals. So what is so magical about goals? What is so magical about goals is that we take them so much for granted right now. In 1960, when Ed Locke started studying goals and then with Gary Latham, nobody really believed that goals made a big difference. What, what do you mean? Explain that a little bit more. So what their work... Their early work in the early 1960s, Ed Locke started to, started to realize that people who set goals are more likely to achieve. And, and that phrase has become synonymous with goals and, and has been completely misused, by the way. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to rant here for just a second because there's so much emphasis on the word goals. And, and especially in the corporate world, we miss the set goals. Setting goals is the operative word, that the act of setting the goal is what actually gets people super engaged, gets motivation going. All kinds of great psychological things happen when people set goals. And no one knew that before Ed Locke and Gary Latham started to study this. Okay. So going back to those studies, I believe, and correct me, right, they looked at uh, forestry and Early cutting seven. down yeah. cutting down trees, and they had a couple different scenarios that they were looking at, where some people were just told out, cut down as many trees as you can, do your, do best. your best, right? Yeah. yeah. Some were giving a low goal, and others were given, right? These were given assigned, goals, yes. assigned, yeah. uh, a stretch goal. And so, what tell tell us about? A little bit more about that. So it turns out that the stretch goals, the these, uh, even when they're assigned, they raise the bar, and it's more likely for, that people will perform at higher levels when they're actually challenged to do so. Okay. So higher goals 
actually deliver higher performance. It, you know, in general, right? This isn't this isn't uh, every single human being, but okay. this in general, higher goals deliver higher performance. Now, I want to come back to that component in a, in a bit, uh, in just in what makes a stretch goal and what makes it seem unachievable versus achievable. All of those things, and we'll talk about that. But I want before we do that, tell me about the setting goal part that you were so ranting about just oh, a few man. minutes yeah. of, so before. It, it's so important for, uh, especially in the corporate world, that people feel a sense of ownership, endowment, right? The IKEA effect that goes into creating your own goal. And that happens so rarely. Most of the time, goals are fashioned in the forges on Mount Olympus and handed out like Mardi Gras beads, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, they're just... Uh, goals are, are so unidirectional these days that we've really lost the idea that the people who are doing the work have a powerful impact on, on well, they get the work done. So asking them to set a goal, to be participative in the setting of the goal is much more it's much more successful. They're more likely to achieve than if you just hand them a goal. And I know you've done a lot of work in this area. One of the challenges that I think businesses, the, the perceived challenge that businesses come back at and saying, well, they won't set a goal that will make us as an organization achieve our our objective, that they will set an easy goal for themselves because that will make it easier for them to achieve. Why would they ever, you know, go above and beyond? Is that what you have seen or experienced in the work that you've done around this? And tell us a little bit about that work. Yeah. So, um, this is where choice architecture comes into it, right? Okay. You can you can actually create a framework where there is something that uh, that based on the run rate or the anticipated level of performance, and this works especially well with salespeople. By okay. the way, this is um, there are other applications, but let's just think about salespeople. You know, they they are delivering at a relatively constant rate, at least a. Um, you know, over a long period of time, there's a relative level of growth and consistency in their performance. And so you could anticipate that during maybe the upcoming quarter, they would deliver a certain level of performance. Okay. Uh, and, and X number of units, dollars, volume, yeah, whatever margin, that would be. Yeah, whatever the, whatever the objective measure would be. You could say, well, we could anticipate that this person will do that. And then you could use choice architecture to, to provide three levels above that run rate. To okay. say, to say, if you could, and and those are self-selected, those are completely self-selected, and uh, in in a model that was uh, that I worked with in the past uh, under a patented product called GoalQuest, those those levels are all or nothing. So okay. if you if you select, if I'm the the sales rep and I select the the least aggressive level. Uh, but I perform at a higher level, I still only get paid out at the lowest level. And there's some magic in this, getting back to loss aversion, right? We've talked about loss aversion yes. in the past. Loss aversion is a powerful, powerful uh, motivator of, of human behavior. Uh, consequently, if you were to select the, the most aggressive goal and you perform just beneath it and you didn't quite achieve it, then you get nothing. So let me see if I understand this. You have... Uh, a run rate, and you have above that, and then you have three goals that people can choose from. Let's just say, all right, my run rate is 10. So the first level might be 12, selling 12. Mm -hmm. 
the next level, would it be 14 or would it be 15 potentially? And then maybe 18 on, on the other one or would it be 12, 14, 16? It, whatever is reasonable and perceived as achievable for that situation. Okay. And so then with that, if I was to go and select level three, oh, of course I'm going to be able to get 16 units, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I come in at 15, I don't revert back down to the level two payout. No. I get nothing. You get nothing. Same thing if I was at um, 15, but I had selected one, which was 12, I don't get paid out at level two. I just get paid out at level one. Is that correct? That's exactly right. Okay. Uh, uh, a few years ago, uh, Dan Ariely and I worked on this, on studying this with a large U.S.-based telco. Okay. And uh, and what we found is that the people who uh, and so we set up a, a, a matrix where where there was a, a control group that had the three levels that were simply. Um, that were available to them above their run rate, and those three levels could whatever they achieved is whatever they got. Okay. And then the 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 test group saw the three levels they had to select and commit to that level with this all or nothing factor. Okay. And found that the people that committed to the all or nothing performed at almost forty seven percent higher rate than those who simply earned at whatever level. Wow. So this aspect of setting the goal is powerful juju. It's really, really powerful stuff. Okay. So we have the component where that loss aversion comes into play on that and the goal in, in having your own choice allowed within that goal be a powerful motivator to achieving that goal. Right. Um, Right. There's, and there's, there's this endowment effect that comes from that. Then there's the pressurizing effect that comes from that of, of I'm putting the pressure on myself because I picked it. This didn't come down from Mount Olympus. Uh, you know, this was, this was mine. Uh, and those are, those are two, that's a, you know, it's a powerful combination. And it's, it's interesting because if you look at goals and the, the, the research around goals usually has come from the business um, academia world. Locke and Latham do a lot of, of in publishing in, in Journal of Management and a variety of other business publications. Yeah. Um, while loss aversion comes from the psychology side or the behavioral economics side. The Kahneman and Tversky. Kahneman. And, yeah. and, and so you're bringing these two components together. And we've yeah. had this conversation um, in the past with James Heyman uh, that there's some magic going back <laughs> to our magical term, that happens yes. when you bring different disciplines together to solve an issue. And I know we had talked a little bit earlier about you had a conversation actually with Ed Locke about this. Yeah. Um, and you guys were talking. So, so uh, just some background information. Tim uh, worked on the Goal Quest, the patented operation, when you worked at BI Worldwide, yeah. who owns the patent and, and runs this. And so you had uh, talked with Ed Locke many years ago. Yeah. Tell us about that story. Well, the hope was that uh, because Ed was deeply invested in the business literature and in goal setting, that that the, the extra twist of having this all or nothing in the self-selection would be something that he would have found... Well, 
it, maybe it, he wouldn't marvel at it, but he would find it at least clever. Okay. Uh, and uh, we found that our conversation with Dr. Locke was not so fulfilling. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just put it that way. He was kind of focused on, well, this is just um, the, the big difference was self-selection versus assigned. And uh, he said, you know, we've already studied that. Okay. And, um, and so I, th- I think he was missing out on the nuance of this, this all or nothing element uh, w- w- within the, the loss within... aversion, the psychology right. research. And so I, exactly. I think it's really interesting too, because as we, uh, one of our future grooving sessions is going to be on uh, priming. priming. Yes. And, yes. and there has been some recent work by actually Gary Latham, um, and Ed Locke a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Stajevic, I can never remember his first name, I apologize. Um, but they are coming at this from a business goal perspective and looking at that. The research on priming has been typically in the past been in the social psychology world, right. Right. and they did not mix. And so up until real recently, there hasn't been much overlap in that. And again, with that overlap, there has been some really interesting work that is coming out of that about conscious goals versus subconscious uh, or, or primed goals, primed goals yeah. and the very different aspects of how they operate in your mind and the impact that they have. And so we'll talk about that. That's a and, we digress. Well, yeah, we will talk about that more because, uh, but when it comes to the magic of goals, the next phase of goal research has got to, I, I think we need to exploit uh, the priming aspect and and the, the power of priming in a business setting, in a field study. Exploit in a positive, do good manner. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I go back to Christina Grobert and nudge for good. Nudge right? for good. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so there. Anything else about goals that you wanted to get into at you know, this point? Well, there is something. There's one other thing that I really love about goals, and this was uh, this came from um, Ron Kivitz at Columbia, and uh, with Itamar Simonson, uh, Ron Kivitz studied it, idiosyncratic fit. Okay, and that's that's the situation. Idiosyncratic fit is where we believe that we have the unique advantage to you know to succeed, uh, and a self-selected goal really plays to this, right? Because we feel like if we selected it, we're in a unique position to to be successful. And that's a powerful, powerful thing when we start thinking about um, about our motivations, right? Kivitz then also studied two things specifically related to goals. One came from Clark Hall back in the 1930s, and that is the uh, the illusionary progress to goal and goal gradient theory. Okay, tell so, us about so illusionary progress to goal and goal gradient these, theory. These are so great. So Kivitz ran a study uh, at Columbia on, um, you know, buy 10 coffees, get one free. Okay. Pretty simple model. And so um, they went into the, um, the, the the coffee shop and they handed out a bunch, they handed out cards that there was buy 10, get one free. But then they also handed out buy 12 coffees, get one free. But the first two coffees were actually already stamped. You already got those for free. So you had illusionary progress toward your goal of 12 coffees. So in effect, both cards were buy 10 coffees, get one free. But with the, with the one that was buy 12, you felt like you were actually a little farther ahead. And in fact, that's what people did. People actually consumed more coffee faster 
with the buy 12, get one free when those first two were, were clicked off. I think it was 12 days versus 15 days, yes, right? So uh, yes. almost three, there's some point component within there. But, oh, but three-day difference, which is statistically significant. Uh, dramatic. And, yes. Just absolutely dramatic. So the people that had a 12-punch card with two already punched completed that card in 12-point-some days versus the people who just had the 10. And so that goes back into this goal gradient theory which what does gold gradient so, theory so this is based say? on uh, on the on the behaviorist the animal behaviorist Clark Hall when he discovered that rats in a maze actually start to run faster as they get closer to the cheese and so this is a natural aspect in the entire human in the entire animal kingdom humans no less but if we're going if if we naturally accelerate our effort as we get closer to the goal this is something that can be taken advantage of in the design of incentive programs that what what is commonly called the fast finish okay right the fast finish this happens naturally and that can be ratcheted up with with additional incentive or additional focus communication there's a variety of ways of, of taking advantage of that so this is like when my kids used to be young and we would walk to the park which is about eight, nine blocks away from here. Pretty, and we would start a, off, right? That can be a long walk for it was, a little... It's, it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of a long walk. Um, we would start off and they would be all excited and they're running and they're going, we're going to the park, we're going, we're going, we're going. And that was for about two blocks. And then <laughs> block three comes and it slows down and block four, it gets a little bit more. And by block five, I'm probably carrying one, if not both of my kids. <laughs> up until we get to block seven or eight where all of a sudden is it is it in sight at almost this point? in sight or they know where it's just around the corner and all of a sudden they're getting down and by the time it becomes in sight it becomes uh they're back to running and yes. so they're running towards the park that's a great example because that is exactly what happens right in the business world as well we do this when the when our goals are established around selling or around completing projects um, we've talked about cramming the mm -hmm. night before <laughs> and how much work gets done on a project in the last, in the last, you know, 48 hours before it's due. Mm -hmm. uh, that is, that's the natural human tendency. So that is something that can be managed and something that can be taken advantage of by saying, okay, we want to actually, we want to back some of the work up. So let's work against goal gradient, or let's take advantage of it from a selling perspective and, just blow it out okay in the last the last two weeks of the quarter so that that's I love goals and could <laughs> talk about talk about this research all, all day long but our the work on priming that's the next step yeah and we will be talking about that in a future episode and so it might be the episode that you guest listener who wants to ask Tim and me three questions could be a part of. I don't know. It depends on when the timing happens for that. Could be. Could All be. right. So, Tim, I think we'll probably come back to goals at some other point and maybe another grooving session. Um, but for now, anything else that you want to add? No. But how about this? Set a goal to go out and give us a review. All right, that's Tim's goal for you. <laughs> Is that a hard enough goal? Is that a hard enough goal? How about we set a goal for all of our listeners to go out and share this podcast with three of their friends? Just link to it, 
send it out to three of their friends via with a, a text. Uh, hashtag check it out. <laughs> hashtag I want to be your special guest. <laughs> <laughs> if it's on a social media platform, that is, because that way you're entered into That's right. our wonderful contest. Of course, this also feels like it's coming down from Mount Olympus, and uh, it's not going to be self-selected. But we ask that you self-select this as your goal. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Thanks for listening. Check us out. Uh, share it with your friends. Uh, grab it from your favorite podcatcher streaming on Spotify these days. 74 countries, what else? I don't know, Kurt. I don't know. But with that, I hope you uh, make all of your goals come true. Bye.